hip hop caucuses. Think 100%. Welcome to The Coolest Show. If you listened to the previous episode, you know that this is part two of a three-part episode on protecting the Arctic. In this episode, we are talking with Chad Brown, founder of Soul River Incorporated. You can listen to the previous episode for more background. The long and short of it is that the Trump administration is barreling forward in a mad dash to try to sell off leasing rights to drill for oil and gas 1.6 million acres of coastal plains in the Arctic Refuge. They are trying to get this done before the end of the year with the election looming. The Arctic is ground zero for climate change. Temperatures in the Arctic are rising at twice the rate of the rest of the planet. Villages are eroding into the Permafrost melt is making infrastructure insecure and food sources are disappearing. Dangerous oil drilling will compound the devastating climate impacts already being felt in the Arctic Refuge, allowing for the exposure of carbon emissions. It would worsen climate pollution, harming communities already bearing the brunt of the changing climate. Locking in new oil infrastructure and the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge creates a slow-fuse time bomb that will increase carbon emissions in developed nations for decades. The Arctic Refuge is one of our nation's most majestic public lands, home to the porcupine caribou herd, denning polar bears, musk oxen, wolves, and nearly 200 species of migratory birds. Its biological Heart, the coastal plain, is no place for oil and gas development. I'm excited to share this conversation I had with Chad Brown with you today. Many of us, the Arctic Refuge in Alaska is a very, very far off place, a place most of us will never travel to ourselves. And in that way, it's hard to see our personal connection to such a faraway place. But the truth is we are all connected to it, whether we recognize it or not. And we need to protect this for all of us. Chad Brown knows this intimately and also has found profound answers about life and the real linkages between Black and Indigenous people's way of life, struggles, and the ultimate need for connection to the natural world. Chad Brown is a decorated Navy veteran and founder of Soul River Incorporated, um, a nonprofit dedicated to improving the lives and leadership skills of youth and veterans through access to public lands and fly fishing. Chad has been to the Arctic Refuge nine times and spent time in Arctic Village, the Gwich'in community, which is on the border of the refuge. Um, his time in the Arctic Village inspired him to create a photo exhibit, Vajra Ku'u, 
I believe, I hope I'm saying that so right, which aims to tell the story of the Gwich'in and their way. My brother Chad, man, welcome to the coolest show on climate change. Thank you, sir. Really appreciate it, Ray. Yeah. So this right here was just the precursor, but tell folks who is Chad Brown. Well, probably need a couple days for that. Well, listen, let, me, let me get an effort. Well, start, start this with either. Yeah. Who, 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 who's Axe? Okay, yeah, so we can start from there. Uh, Axe is my service dog. Um, I got him uh, when I got out of the, uh, out of the service uh, through a combat veterans program. Um, my, um, I spent through the military. I done um, Operation Desert Storm, Operation uh, Somalia in Africa as well, and two wars, and also I spent... Uh, uh, pretty much, uh, I would say, 90% of my time behind uh, enemy lines. The my entire stint of the Navy was uh, four years and spent uh, four months in the United States. And so I've been in the 14 different countries. And so coming out of that situation, I dealt with PTSD, documented down, 50% mentally disabled. Uh, through those hardships and dark uh, errors in my life and challenges and attempted suicide led me to a program called Northwest Battle Buddies out of Washington that I went through and paired me with Axe. Uh, Axe is a trained service doll with 350 hours of training that I had to uh, train with Axe um, and commit uh, 18 hours out of a week for six months to train with Axe as well. And um, he also Basically, he also carries the name Axel, which is Peter Axel Axelson, who was a former uh, Navy SEAL who uh, gave his life over in Afghanistan. And so Axe carries his spirit, carries his name. Uh, you know, I feel like he protects me and helps me. He's trained to wake me up from nightmares. Uh, he's trained to identify uh, my levels of PTSD issues that I have. Uh, if I'm in crowded spaces, I... Uh, would Axe will give me a signal and I can give Axe a, a command and Axe will take the front and he'll lead me out of a crowded space into a safe space, uh, you know. And so we've been together for, uh, I would say, four years now. And he's five years old uh, and he's an amazing, amazing chocolate lab, you know. I, I had no idea that when they're going to pair me up, I had no idea that he was America's favorite. And so <laughs> <laughs> so it's like he, he gets love from all over the place, everywhere I go, you know, and everything. At the same time, I say, this is my dog. This is my dog, you know. But uh, apparently, it's just, yeah, he's, he's definitely America's favorite chocolate lab. Oh, man, that's amazing. And so let's talk about that. I mean, I, I, I'm too a veteran. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know yes. that. Yes, secrets come out. Yeah. Secrets come out on the coolest show on climate change. <laughs> right so you get all the, get all the skinny here. Yeah. I was, I was in the Air Force, um, and so I understand um, just how hard what you're talking about yeah. and the need for that. Um, link that over because as two veterans who both understand sometimes those. Um, those horrors, thoughts, those this reoccurrences of this man, that was a tough spot. Yeah. Um, explain, I guess, why then fishing and land and nature are so important to that process. You know, uh, coming out of my process and dealing with a lot of issues, I was led to the river. Um, it was right after when I 
actually attempted suicide and coming out of a psych ward for five days in the, up in the VA hospital. Uh, you know, and that person took me to the water and says, this is what I used to uh, come to when I was going through my divorce and my issues and stuff, you know, and I didn't know anything about fishing, you know, and uh, they said I used to come out here and fish and, um, you know, I said, well, what do you have to do? Get into it, you know, and so right behind us happened to be a, a fishman store, went in there, got me a rod and reel, <laughs> just like that, and, and stepped back out on the water and I hooked it on a little small, what we call a jack salmon, you know, and, you know, when I hooked in, uh, I was strung out on heavy, heavy meds, you know, that the VA was just giving me, you know, I was popping like nine, ten different pills, one to keep me from not sleeping, one to keep me from not having nightmares, one, you know, it's just all emotion, everything. And when I hooked it on that salmon, um, I was hooting and hollering, you know, I was hooting and hollering all over the place and I was so stoked and excited that it was crazy because I was, I actually felt for the first time in a long time, uh, the air nature, you know, just rubbing against my face, you know, uh, my senses became alive and, and, and I, I felt like my excitement was pushing, uh, those meds out of my pores, wow. you know, and it was a really weird process for me, you know, and, and so that led me, you know, I put one and one together and I said, you know, this is what makes me feel happy. This is, this is what makes me feel in the present. Uh, I don't feel like a walking zombie, you know, glassy eyed, just like a lot of vets out there that's fighting all the time, you know. You know, there's a whole lot of things that made me feel great, you know, and, and the meds that uh, VA was giving me, I, I don't want them, you know. And so I went back to the, to, the, uh, uh, to the VA, I talked to my docs, you know, and I told them, I said, listen, you know, I want to get off this stuff. They, we talked about it, literally, they wrote me a prescription to continue the fish. You know, if you can continue to fish, um, we will slowly wing you off the meds as long as you maintain group therapy. And that's exactly what I did. I got completely off of that. And the outdoors, that being on that water, uh, I call it almost being baptized because when you're fly fishing, you're like waist deep. You know, so every time I'm going to the river, people ask me, he said, Chad, where are you going? I'm about to go get baptized, you know? <laughs> you know, and, and, and it was me stepping back into that water, waist deep, feeling the currents, feeling the, you know, the, the power of nature, the power of river. And that's what brought me back. And that's what, I guess, pretty much brought me to becoming uh, a champion for our public lands, our fresh water, and, and, and dealing with climate change and, and just getting into that mix of the fight just like a lot of other you know brothers and sisters out there that are doing it you know but that's what gave me that charge you know and ever since then I I've never looked back you know and 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 one thing I learned was uh, um, I think you know through many people that came into my life that that mentored me even the fly fishing world outdoor world etc scientists etc one thing that uh, nature spoke to me was you know what nature has done for me it's, it's for me to give that back you know and that's where that community piece stepped back in and and me wanting to step back and bring youth into that fold bring veterans to that fold because what it has done for me it can do for many different people two folds over you know it's just a matter of finding that uh, that space and being quiet for a little bit and, and, and letting nature speak to you. Well, no, well, congratulations for all of that. Yeah. And actually, you know, we actually had someone, people sometimes may not, may not understand the connection yeah. with uh, veterans and the environment and how it can help them. We had someone on the show who was actually homeless, mm -hmm. right? Who, was a, who not only was a, a, an amazing homeless advocate, but was homeless themselves. Mm -hmm. 
And then this line that she gave stuck with me. It was like, who better than the homeless to understand the environment because we're outside all the time. When it rains, when it's hot, when it's cold, we don't have any shelter. Mm -hmm. And so we understand the environment better than anybody. And I guess what you're saying here is that what better way to almost get healing than to have that same environment um, um, help you. Now, you you didn't stop there, obviously. So tell people what Soul River Incorporated is. And, what, and what's the what's the mission and vision of the, of that of that process? Yeah, um, Soul Soul River uh, Simple Form uh, mission is um, bringing uh, urban youth uh, of at risk uh, communities uh, immersion with uh, combat veterans, disabled veterans, and veterans. Um, basically, it's like a big brother and big sister, but I look at the veterans more like uh, life coaches for the youth, basically. Uh, We merge these two together, we put them in teams, and it's either three to one or two to one. And these teams are basically three youth to a veteran or two veterans, et cetera. And we pair this mission with conservation groups that are doing the work on the land, uh, fighting climate change. Uh, They become the experts. They help us develop a curriculum that veteran used that curriculum into that wild space and educate our youth, basically. Our ultimate goal as a veteran is to bring that youth into a leadership position. And we start off by just the basics of everything from backpacking, fly fishing 101, and we raise them into leadership and teach them how to make decisions. We give them that platform, uh, build confidence. And, and from there, we bring them into congressional spaces. And as veterans take a step back, we basically give them that platform to where they are, they step into that space and learn how to present to congressionals, learn how to tell their story, learn how to use their voice to help advocate for indigenous or climate change, et cetera. You know, these are their experiences that they have hold on to themselves and what they have uh, cultivated themselves and learn, et cetera. So we're teaching them how to direct that in a really uh, very productive, positive way and informative, you know, which is a new voice, new lens, you know, uh, you know, which is, 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 it's amazing. In exchange, really, really simple, that youth gives veterans nothing but a purpose to continue to push forward, period. What does climate change mean to you? Climate change means to me is um, there's, it's, 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 it's the act of, uh, of man that has uh, misused uh, our our wildlands, our environment on many different levels to where it has altered our livelihoods uh, all the way from the top of the world down to the bottom of the world, basically. You know, uh, it's, um, it's, it's, it affects us on many different levels of when we're stepping out, going to work, uh, to seeing the, uh, the multi-changes of weather happening that not supposed to happen, but it's now it's happening, seeing the death of animals uh, and disease that's coming through that's not supposed to happen, and you question that, what's going on, but when you start to peel back the, the onions and, and, and you look at where that comes from, it comes from our ignorance and our doing of what we have abused uh, uh, to our wildlife, our land, and um, now we 
are in a place where we have to try to correct that some kind of way, the most effective way, or stop that, slow it down uh, the best way we can, um, because it's, um, it's, it's important that uh, for us to try to find a way to sustain um, our environment the best and most healthy way as possible. No, very well said, which is, I know has led you to the Arctic over nine times, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, which means that you and Axe would have some really nice, nice coats <laughs> in your closet. <laughs> you know, yeah. So um, talk, about, talk about two things, actually. So I want to get into that, because you're also a photographer. Yes, sir. Um, and so I want to get into you using your talents now as a photographer to go to the Arctic What's kind of going on with that whole process? Like, what, I know you have, have an exhibit you're doing. I know that you're taking pictures of the Arctic. You've been there nine times. Why do you want to tell that story? Um, and what story are you trying to tell? You know, um, in my early journeys to the Arctic, you know, I, I just, let me just go back a little bit and come back up with what you're talking about. Um, my... One of my first or second expeditions into the Arctic, um, I was with a couple veterans, and we had youth, et cetera. And but what's really strung out, I mean, spoke the most to me uh, when we got back, and um, I got a phone call from one of the veterans, um, and he says, "Chad, you know how you doing?" And I was like, "I'm doing all right. You know what's going on with you? You know, and uh, you know what I'm doing?" And I said, "No, what, what are you doing? You know." And he says, I'm, um, I'm sitting in my living room and I'm uh, pretending like I'm back in the Arctic and I'm making coffee at my stove camp. And he says to me, he says, when are we going home? You know, and, and, and so going back nine times, it's me going back home. It's me learning and being, um, being you know, uh, connecting to the land and also to the Gwich'in, which a lot of the Gwich'in that has, has brought me in, they have shared a lot of stories with me about, you know, their culture, um, you know, where life begins, you know, um, you know, and over and over and over, it, 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 it goes deeper and deeper into me, you know, and so it's a calling that I constantly have to go back. Uh, and it's, it's something that, um, People need to know what's going on uh, and they need to be connected in some kind of way to help support. It's a domino effect. Um, I feel very blessed and honored that I've been able to make these kind of expeditions happen. And I'm well aware, that, you know, the stars are strong aligned with me and everything like that. But I'm also understanding that, you know, these are bears that's, that I, I feel strong enough to say, uh, being African-American, and, and, and breaking these bears financially. Um, because when you look at the numbers, you know, are people that do, do go up there, are people that are coming from a really privileged background, and a lot of them has a lot of money to drop down. You know, average trip hits easily in the thirty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 plus, you know. And we're dealing with a different demographic of folks that, uh, that can afford that, you know. And, and so me going back is me constantly 
understanding that this is another opportunity to pave a way uh, to bring up more youth and more uh, veterans from many different backgrounds of communities and give them that opportunity to see what's happening, what's up there, and be part of that environment. It's a beautiful, gorgeous environment up there, you know. And so it's, it's, it's paving that way, allowing that kid from Oakland or that kid from Florida, whoever, that's, that can only read in a book. You know, <laughs> you know, and and give them that opportunity to walk that path and come up, and and it's and it's a and that's kind of like probably why why I keep going up there, and slowly but surely I started to you know bring my camera out and and started to document more of this, you know, and really starting to document more of what's happening in the communities. And instead of me talking about it, you know, my goal is to you know try to capture these images. Um, you know, larger than life, you know, that that's what they need, you know, that's their platform and, and they should be presented like that, larger than life, uh, you know, and show as much as possible of their story, you know, and give them that platform because the people need to see that, they need to connect that, you know, and if you're going to show it, you show it on that platform where people could be drawn in. And, and can stop and ask those questions, you know, uh, you know, it, it's and, and there's a lot of work that needs to be done because, you know, you go to different parts of L.A. or go to different parts of different across the United States. Um, you know, you say the words uh, refuge. It's a lot of people don't know what that is. You know, you say Arctic Wildlife Refuge. A lot of people don't know. Uh, you say Gwich'in, you know, that's foreign. You say, what, what, what is that? You know, so. Uh, when when you know, when I know those kind of things exist, that gives me more uh, amp and more walk to continue to try to open this up, you know, because up there is a really, really special place. It's a very special place. And um, and and I do believe that uh, when the Gwich'in say this is where life be begins, I, I totally get that. I, I see that, and it, it really is. Uh, it's just that delicate of the the wildlife, you know, and how everything is connected, just like a domino effect, you know. So when people see your 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 photographs, they they see where life began. Then yeah, they see where life begins. They still, you know, it, they they can get just just about that close to the picture as possible, but they can. There's a place where you can make that connection. That was my. That's my ultimate goal is to really bring you in and and grab you. It was just one of the reasons why I wanted to make sure these pieces are larger than life type of approaches, you know, and and they are, you know, and so um, so you, when you see these images, it it's it it will make you. Uh, stop, you know, it will make you ask questions, a lot of questions, you know, um, you know, and, and make you think. And I think that and at the end of the day or at the end of that process, it will probably make you want to respond by how can I help? What can I do? You know, uh, you know, and and, and so. Uh, but, yeah, that's the, I, I call it, a, you know, this exhibition kind of like a, an activation exhibition <laughs> i like that i like that man this time always goes so fast i got two quick last questions for you um first question um is that so when folks want to see the um exhibition and they want to get involved with you how can they find you where can they go to see this online i know it's traveling all those things give folks those details yeah uh you can um um you can go to uh arctic uh, arctic life.org I, I, I think I said that correctly <laughs> you know and uh, you can you can always go to uh, soul river inc 
uh, org as well. And you can be able to connect to me through that website. And also uh, the exhibition is part of the Soul River Inc. as well. Uh, and uh, yeah, both ways. But you can find me on both of those platforms, basically. Yeah. No, nah, amazing. And my last question, got to ask this. I know you're a bit of a hip hop head. <laughs> And I know you've come from, you've been around that space yeah, yeah. Um, as well. How can hip hop help the Arctic? Hip hop is powerful. Hip hop is a powerful platform. Uh, heavy, heavy, awesome, uh, deep culture. Um, you know, I, I think if um, having hip hop involved creates a phenomenal um, uh, influence uh, amongst the masses of many, many people, uh, across the world, you know, it's a powerful force. And, uh, you know, what hip hop is doing and what you guys are doing, it, it's, it's phenomenal, it's amazing, the, the following, et cetera, you know, and I, and I think, you know, you guys are already doing it already, but it's, it's more like continuing with the advocating, you know, with the messages uh, of, of everything from climate change and being more specific, you know, um, you know, with the Arctic Wildlife Refuge, the threat, of what's happening up there, um, you know, we we need meet more people to know what's going on and and what's at stake, you know, and and I think that's the most important thing uh, of messages to get out there is to inform people that when when the time comes to rise up and stand together with these witching members, uh, and and when those bills get ready to come across and get challenged by the administration, that's the time that we all need to rise up. We need we need to rise up, come together, link up. And, and 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 put those votes in, you know, put those signatures in, um, because you know um, it's um, it's it's delicate up there, and there's a strong chance that you know Gwich'in culture could be dismantled. Period. You know, uh, you know, and and that's something that uh, we we as people can't let that happen. We we need to take care of that, you know, as community. We need to support that and. And, and, and stand strong, you know? And so, well, it, guys, you know, carry that message and push it out there. And yeah, I think it's just be a big domino effect. You just gotta be repetition with it. <laughs> well, my brother Chad, if we saying hip hop, can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> right. Thank you, my brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, for being on the coolest show. It's uh, amazing to be here. In climate change. Thank you. That was Chad Brown, founder of Soul River Incorporated. Please also take action and add your name to our petition to protect the Arctic at think100climate.com slash Arctic. That's think100climate.com slash Arctic. This conversation with Chad is part two in a three-part episode arch on the coolest show about protecting the Arctic and how this place matters to all of us if you haven't, please go back and listen to the previous episode with Bernadette, the executive director of the Gwich'in Steering Committee, and listen to the next episode with Isaiah, a member of the Gwich'in Steering Committee Council. Like what you heard on this episode? Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us at Think100Climate and at Hip Hop Caucus on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. 
visit thecoolestshow.com where you can take action for climate justice right now. You can also learn more about this podcast and donate to Think 100%, which is a nonprofit project. Thank you for listening and all power to the people. Think 100, think 100, think 100, think 100.